This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey yo, speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens where the mother lies. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover Peace to all the kings and the queens Word the mother like uh, To be my rants and gems I'm so NY like MG rocking his Tim's Hawkeyana uh, representing Atlanta We talking everything that's real estate Y'all peeping the gram, I'm saying Hi guys, so welcome back to another Incredible episode of Rants and Gems Real Estate Podcast My name is Matt Garland NMLS number 58700 But better known as MG the Mortgage Guy and my name is Kiana Watson, broker extraordinaire. extraordinaire. All right. Let's License get it together. number 317576. How are you, Kiana? I'm doing wonderful. I'm liking this fit. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to come with a little fall fits. You, you know, know what I mean? fall fit. You yeah. just had a birthday. Listen, I feel real good about you. You feeling this real regal? I'm, I'm feeling regal. I'm feeling <laughs> elegant. I'm feeling grace, graceful. I'm feeling everything. <laughs> Look, we, we love it. Happy birthday. We had a great time at the party. Thank you, guys. It was amazing. I put on a tux for the first time in a few years. First of all, you, you were sharp. I ain't gonna hold you up. I ain't gonna hold you up. You were sharp. I was sharp. I ain't gonna hold you up. Thank you for that invite. Somebody else invite me to another black tie event, please. please I got some more suits to buy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So look, we got a great episode today. Uh-huh. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Julian Gordon. Oh, I'm excited for him. Let me tell you. Me and Julian, we have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, I really do. You know, I, I love him to death with his multi-family movement, but I hate that that's all he talks about. And I'm the single he don't family like no queen. Dan- he don't like no single families. I'm the single family queen. Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about this. Look, this is going to be a great episode. Oh, yeah. Um, probably some good debating with you two with the <laughs> single family and the multifamily. But look, Julian's a great guy. Yes. He killed it at InvestFest. So we're going to talk about his controversial comments at InvestFest along with a bunch of other things. So I need you guys to get your pen and pad because, you know, Julian is a certified gym dropper. And he is going to come on here and light this stage on fire. And not only is he going to light the stage on fire, I'm going to make sure I look out for my real estate professionals because he be ragging on us. He damn sure do. I got something for him, okay? Just y'all watch this episode and you're going to learn today. Look, so before we get started, we're going to get a quick commercial break. Thank you to our sponsors. So 
after this commercial, we'll be right back with Julian Gordon. All right, so today's episode is sponsored by Andre Barad of Yes to Real Estate and based in Houston, Texas. Listen, Andre's my guy. Um, he's a realtor, investor, developer of residential real estate. He's on track to close about $20 million in real estate. So if you're a real estate agent, you know $20 million, especially in the market like Houston, Texas, is not an easy thing, all right? Um, Andre and the Yes to Real Estate team, they do deals every single day. They're working with hardworking folks, and turn them into successful investors. New builds, townhomes, fix and flips, commercial properties, they do it all. So if you're looking to buy real estate in the Houston, Texas market, make sure you hit up Andre Barad and his team. Go to yestorealestateteam.com for more information. All right, guys, so we're back. We got our special guest, Julian Gordon here. Julian, what's up, my brother? How what's are you? What's going on? I'm glad to be here. Look, <laughs> Julian, you're the man, the myth, the legend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is going to be a good conversation. Get yes. your pen and pads ready. Yes. Um, the internet has been begging me to bring you on to explain a lot of different things <laughs> and a lot of your messages. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But let's first talk about when did you fall in love with real estate? Um, Very first question. Yeah, I actually, it was a love-hate relationship because I saw my mother lose her single-family home, and this was someone who was a doctor, um, but she ended up dealing with some mental illness and depression, and uh, lost her license, therefore lost her income, therefore lost that home. That home that I grew up in in Oakland, California, uh, on Trestle, off of Trestle Glen, is actually worth one point. Shout out to the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. it's actually worth one point eight million now, and it's gone, and it will no longer be in my family's name. And so uh, that was actually my first introduction to real estate and how it worked, and that's why you know. I've kind of been anti-single-family home for a minute. Wow. Uh, that, was a, that was a single family. That was a single family, obviously. And so um, that was my introduction to real estate. And so immediately I knew that I wasn't going to buy a single family. And, of course, later on in college I bumped into Rich Dad, Poor Dad, read that book, and knew that I was on the right track. And then I got my first multifamily in Brooklyn um, in 2013. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's Sorry big. to hear about your mom. It's all good, man. Yeah, she, never, she's all right. I never heard that story. Yeah, but you know, I've been able to take care of her because of multifamily real estate. You know, I've, oh, I bought her a, a duplex, which makes sure that she is actually taken care of by the tenants on the other side because her income is nowhere near where it used to be. Dope. Mm -hmm. Dope. Uh, Extremely dope. Yeah, that's dope. Like I, I commend you for that. You know, we, you know, we always gonna have our thing. The single family, the multi-family between us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, single family queen. Hey, I know she is. I know she is. All the single families in Atlanta. <laughs> but I understand where you come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. that's a beautiful thing. I appreciate beautiful. that. Yeah. Hmm. So. I can tell why you hate multifamilies because it. Well, multifamilies. I mean, no, I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of your past. Yeah. And you know, there's hurt and there's pain. One hundred percent involved mm -hmm. in your journey. Yeah. When it comes to real estate, so let's talk about. You say you bought your first deal in Brooklyn. Yeah. Two thousand and thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. That was before Brooklyn really took off. Yeah, I bought in. That was like I don't even think the Barclays was fully built. Oh, not at all. I think they just started just breaking idea. ground. Just an idea at, at that, time. that time. Yeah. So tell us about your first deal. Yeah, so um, I was renting on Fulton Street in Brooklyn, New York, and um, in Best Eye. And mm -hmm. you know, at that time, Best Eye was called Do or Die Best Eye. So I, I bought in Do or Die Best Eye. It wasn't Stuyvesant Heights. It wasn't Stuyvesant Heights yet. That line hadn't moved, yeah. right? And you know, the neighborhoods are changing names and things of that nature. So you know, late at night, you could hear sirens, police going through the hood, and you could hear gunshots. Not on my block, but mm -hmm. down the way, wow. right? But um, normal Brooklyn shit. Normal Brooklyn <laughs> stuff, right? Love it. So uh, you know, I have this. Uh, I have this 
methodology called the 33 signs of gentrification and I saw 10 to 15 in that neighborhood that I was renting in and so I knew it was time uh, because if I waited and it got to 30 signs of gentrification, gentrification or more then I would miss out on the opportunity so I was actually walking to the post office one day I saw a for sale sign and I walked around the corner and literally the home that I ended up buying shares a backyard with the home that I was renting mm. it shares a backyard so it was it was always it was right there and there's opportunities in people's neighborhoods that they don't know because if I would have went into this home with HGTV eyes, I would have walked away, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what these shows teach you and a lot of HGTV people- HGTV eyes. Yeah. You hate them HGTV what? eyes, baby. Explain, I'm explain, to explain. explain that to people who don't know what that is. Yeah, so HGTV, you know, it'll sell you the granite countertops and the stainless steel appliances and things of that nature, mm -hmm. but why would you make that kind of investment, right? When a stainless steel refrigerator costs $1,500, why are you going to buy a $400,000 house based on a $1,500 appliance? That doesn't make any sense, right? Excellent. And so HGTV um, gives you all these buzzwords and actually has you looking at the wrong things when it comes to a property. When you go into a property, the only person dressed up should be Kiana. Yes, listen, I am. <laughs> and I am. I'm, I'm, going, I'm showing up and showing out every yes, time. Yes, she is, yes. right? But if <laughs> you're actually should. going to buy, you actually, due diligence is dirty. So you should actually be in your tennis shoes and your sweats right. and you need to be looking at the foundation, checking the roof, climbing up the attic, looking at the HVAC, the plumbing, electrical, because okay. you're about to buy a business or an asset, right? And so um, HGTV just teaches folks to look at the wrong thing. And uh, the way I teach people, the, I actually teach them to look at the opposite things of what HGTV is teaching them to look at. So I'm not looking for granite countertops. I'm looking for guaranteed cash flow. I'm not looking for my dream home. I'm looking for an asset that will pay for my dream home. I'm not looking for a finished basement. I'm looking to start building wealth. And so you have to change the lens through which you look at the properties. Like my properties are typically some of the ugliest properties on the best blocks. They're that's the, the gym. Yeah. Because that's we say that even in real estate, you always want to buy the ugliest property on the best block. Yeah. That's how you're going to build equity. That's how you get a lot of equity. So that is a gem. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, 100%. So um, on, in New Orleans, I have uh, a property that I bought, a triplex. Then there's a new construction that's equal size, right, next to it. And then there's a duplex that's being rehabbed um, to the left of that. And when I tell people what is the most valuable property out of these three, they look at the new construction. Yeah. I didn't say what is the most beautiful property. I said which one is the most valuable and it is mine that does not look the best, right? But it has the most equity and it generates the most cash flow. Therefore, it is the most valuable property, though it may not be the most beautiful. And of course, later on down the line, after I've had enough equity and cash flow, I can actually beautify it to actually increase the equity even more. But we have to change the lens through which we look at real estate when we're looking at it as an asset or a business as opposed to looking at it only for the aesthetics or the beauty of it. Mm. That, that is a fact. I like everything that you said. You yeah. said there's 33 signs of gentrification. Yeah. What are these 33 signs? I know you probably can't get into all 33. No, you can't go into all 33. Just give us a few. Give, give, give us, us a few. Oh, you, you know. And top first, five? Like, I, top I, five? I'm not going to forget what you did on the Invest Fest day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so let me just make sure. We, we only need three. All right. Three or five? Three. Three. We only need three. Top three. All right. So the first one <laughs> is. Go crazy, son. The first one is the white girl running through the neighborhood at 9 p.m. Okay. At night, feeling real comfortable, safe. Earpods in and everything in her Lululemon, right? You already know. It's, <laughs> it's the Lululemon. You already know. You already know, right? No. And then, of course, you have all these coffee shops coming up. Like, we can't eat coffee. Ooh, yeah. We need food. And you continue to put coffee shops in 
the hood, right? And then of course you see those dumpsters and you see rehab starting to occur. So these are some of the signs. Bike lanes is another one. Yoga studios is dog, another dog, one. Dog, dog, dog grooming. Dog, dog parks. The dog yeah. parks. I'm trying to get my hair cut. Now yeah. you over here grooming dogs. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. So um, when you start to see those kind of things then you know the neighborhood is about to turn and so I got a list of like 33 signs of gentrification that I look for, but I want to be very careful with the language gentrification because gentrification um, is the nice word that we've used to describe something else, right? Gentrification is actually a good thing. In gentrification is uplifting a community to quote unquote yeah. middle class taste. So an entire block of black homeowners, they could gentrify their own block by planting gardens out front, redoing the facades of their homes, et cetera. And there's a block in Brooklyn called the greenest block in Brooklyn. What do you think happened to the equity of all those homes once they got signified, uh, designated as the greenest block in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Property values went Property up. Wise, and they're all black owners, so they could gentrify their own block. But we've been calling gentrification, what we should have been calling gentrification is colonization. Mm, colonization is when outsiders come in and intentionally try to displace the natives in that neighborhood. And we've been calling colonization gentrification because it doesn't have the racial tinge to it. And so we need to just call it what it is when it's actually occurring. But gentrifying, I actually gentrify neighborhoods. I improve the housing stock that is in the neighborhood that I'm in. I do not want my people to live in the hood forever. And so we have to improve that. And so this is where this whole ideology of becoming an ethical investor comes in, where it's not just about profit, right? As an ethical investor, we put people before profits. My tenants love me. They follow me to other properties because I treat them with the highest degree of standard, right? I fix anything within 48 to 72 hours. I respond. They've typically been dealing with slumlords. Excuse me. I don't hate many things in life. Mm -hmm. Right. But the one thing I hate is slumlords. And so when we're able to buy these properties from slumlords and actually take care of the people who are from our community and treat them with respect and dignity, this is the mission of an ethical investor. And if we can also do that profitably where everybody wins, then it just it's a sweeter deal for everybody. Mm. One thousand percent. That's it yeah. right there. That was major gems. Slumlords, we hate them. Yeah, and I agree with that on gentrification yeah. and the difference between that and colonization. You remember, I sold that property mm -hmm. um, down in Southwest Atlanta, yeah. and it was like a big article. That's the one that went to the news. Yeah, the yeah. one it went to the news. It went to the news. It was in Pittsburgh. It was mm -hmm. like a modern, beautiful modern property. And the crazy thing about it is, agent me, I'm African American. I'm black. The other, the the buyer's agent is black. The buyer is black. The lender was black. The closing attorney was black. Yeah. The home appraiser was black. Yeah. But they wanted to just put an article and say, look what's happening in this area. So I had to rebut it. Like, but you guys failed to mention that the person that purchased it is a black man. Right. And so yeah. we have a modern in a neighborhood that where the average value is probably like one, like two hundred. Yeah. The house sold for over, like you know, close to eight hundred thousand. Yeah. But what's happening is there are people that can afford that. And so now more people are looking to build and grow in that community. Yes. So instead of it maintaining that stance of being the hood and having crack houses, now they're beautifying the neighborhood. So yeah. it's okay for us. And then for black people to say, you know what, we want to come into this neighborhood. It's 20 minutes from the city. Yeah. Let's let's make this better. Yes, yes. That's not colonization. You know right. what I mean? No. That's gentrification. Right. Yeah, 100%. And that beautifies the neighborhood. That ups the values of everyone there. 100%. Now, affordable housing is an issue, and this, but it's not our issue. It's actually the government's issue. They need to either expand the Section 8 program to make sure that people can get subsidized for the housing. Absolutely. If housing prices continue to rise, whether that's single family or multifamily, then rents have to rise accordingly so Absolutely. that the owner can actually afford to actually sustain you in that property. If rents don't rise, then guess what? When there's a leak, guess what? It won't get it's fixed because there, be there won't be any yeah. money to fix it. When the roof has a hole in it, there'll be no money to actually fix it. And so it's important that 
it's important that we fix this um, housing crisis that is occurring, but it's not only a housing crisis in terms of the number of single families that are available. We're five to six million short right now, but it's also going to be a housing crisis in terms of uh, in terms of rental units and, and the price based on the in average income in certain neighborhoods. And so um, I don't actually have a short-term solution to that, but we, it's something that we have to figure out as a collective. Yeah, I mean, look, you see Zillow, you see BlackRock, you see all these major hedge funds. They're buying up all the single families, yeah. they're buying up all these properties, and they're creating them, making them rentals. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, homeowners, we as a community, I should say, we need to get on top of it. We need to gentrify our own hoods, like you said, and yeah. colonize it because yeah. these folks are going to come in, buy it up, and make it unaffordable and displace our people. Yeah. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But if we do it the right way with integrity, we can save our own neighborhoods. Yeah. And we're sitting on a pot of gold. 100%. Every hood across the, across America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we don't value it into someone else's value. Yeah. And why do you think Um, It's been a psychology in us for a minute now. Um, or it's, it's, it happens in other areas as well um, where we don't, we don't value something until we see somebody else value it. Like, we are the culture. We are the culture. But it's not until somebody else starts to value it that mm -hmm. then we see that, oh, we missed out. We could have actually got that bag, but now somebody else got it. And the typical thing is grandma's house, right? Mm -hmm. Grandma's house is there. She bought it early. She bought it for $30,000, right? In and the 70s. In the 70s. But everybody was living at grandma's house and not contributing whatsoever. So grandma's house is actually falling apart. If it was actually taken care of, grandma's house would be worth 400000 right now. But now grandma passes on. There's no will. There's no estate plan whatsoever. And there's five siblings. So what do they do? They want to sell. sell. Yeah, because one money. sibling can't buy the house from the others. They yeah. can't agree on a price. And so the easiest, most liquid thing is to get the cash and divide it. Yeah. And so now we lose grandma's house. But who buys grandma's house at a discount? People who are not from our community. Exactly. So it's actually in our power to preserve our communities. But um, we continue to allow this to happen. And it's nobody's fault but ours. Mm. One thousand percent agree. I we have to look that. ourselves in the mirror and be. Accountable. And I say that. Yeah. We don't. We don't like to talk about it too much. And you know, as a real estate broker, I see it all the time. People choose to not be in these areas. They decide to purchase in different areas. So you can't say this place was colonized or gentrified, and now we can't afford it. When you had the opportunity to afford it, you walked past it because you wanted the picket white fence. You yeah. The pretty. Yeah. You, you didn't want to be in an area that was transitioning, and so we have to stop talking about gentrification and colonization. I think we want to start talking about we decided to miss the opportunity, and let's take responsibility for that. Yeah, you know? I agree with it's that. It's the okie doke. So uh, in our psychology and psychosis of trying to be white, we followed white flight out Ooh. into the suburbs. Mm. Let me get my drink. some water. <laughs> <laughs> you need water, I need some wine. Keep going, Julian, because you're about to spit some shit. We followed white folks out to the suburbs to be white, right? And guess what they did? The moment we got out there, 
and bought at the peak of the suburbs, guess what they did? We coming back downtown. Mm. We just had to vacate y'all right there. We played the okie doke on y'all. And white flight is not going to occur again. People will not be leaving, leaving the urban centers anymore to go out further. Nobody wants to commute anymore. COVID has already taken us off that. And so white flight is not going to occur again. So this is the last opportunity for us to keep our stronghold in the places in the urban epicenters of the city where we do have some ownership. Um, we might have some dilapidated properties. We need to figure out the finance in that. We need to come together as families to be able to upkeep that property, keep it in the family. White flight's not occurring anymore. And that was our fault for looking outward instead of looking inward when we had the assets right here. We were the closest to where the jobs were. We are right there. This is, I'm talking West Oakland, seen it in Brooklyn. I've seen it in New Orleans. I've seen it in every community that I've been in. And th th that goes back to us again, not seeing our own value. No, it's happening everywhere. It's happening definitely everywhere. Yeah. So now, how do we go about analyzing these deals? Yeah. Right? We pick, you said 33 signs of gentrification. Yeah. Now let's talk about numbers perspective, right? When someone's looking at multifamily, because you are Mr. Multifamily. Yeah. Right? Yes. How do we analyze <laughs> a multifamily unit? Yeah. So when you, you're analyzing a single family deal, is how much do we get approved for, right? We got approved for 400. How much of the home is 390? Do we like it? Three factors when it's a single family home, right? When it's a multifamily deal, there's actually 23 numbers that you have to run to assess whether or not it's a deal. And of course, the most important factor to get to that number or the ultimate number you're trying to get to is cash on cash return. And most people don't understand cash on cash return or how to calculate it. It's a junior high school equation, but if you don't know that, you don't know if you actually got a real estate listing or a real estate deal. Mm. That's where people get confused. Mm. Real estate listing and a or real, real estate deal? Yeah. A real estate listing is what you see on Trulia, Zillow, and Redfin. That does not mean it's a real estate deal. Now, a novice real estate agent is going to call it a real estate deal. I found a deal for you. But they don't even know how to calculate cash on cash return because it's not on the real estate exam. So most people are giving over the biggest financial decision of their life to a real estate agent who does not have the wealth that they desire. Whoa. Whew. Well, I think the comments are about to go a little crazy, the right? They, they, look at, they look into me to the <laughs> No, but, but I see y'all looking at all me. They all look at me. But she knows how to calculate cash on cash return. What, I, what I'm telling you guys is this. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you in the most simplest terms is you want to be more than just an agent. Yes. Especially yes. when you're guiding people to buy an asset, an liquid asset, you really want to make sure they understand the values of the of the neighborhood, what's going to take place on the property, mm -hmm. what their returns could be. They need to know more than just that it's pretty and I got the house. You know Correct. what I mean? It takes a little bit more education, a little bit more market data. Yes. I agree with you on that. Yeah, 100%. I 100% agree. Yeah. And I think that there's sometimes, though, we do have to recognize that there are people that, I want to just buy a house. They're going to buy that one house. They're never going to move out. Yeah. They want that house forever, you know, and there are people like that, but at the same time, they eventually want to pay it off and they still want to see if they have equity and maybe send their kids off to college. Yeah. And that's when we start talking about equity as versus cash flow. Because yeah. in Atlanta, we are, we are more of an equity state than cash yeah, flow. Yeah, absolutely. Equity is definitely huge. Yeah. Cash flow, hmm. It's not happening. It, yeah, not like, listen, family you, family. you can talk to a couple of our people here. Yeah, that, yeah. That, unless like, you Airbnb in the hair. You oh, we got a, we got we got some big plugs on different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we that's our next episode. That's our next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it, it it just varies. So I do understand what you're saying. But yeah. I think that they have to be more educated on what are your like what are your short term and long term goals. Correct. Correct. A lot of times buyers like now we're in this friends like I just want to own. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are your goals? though? Right. What is the short term and long term goal? Yeah. So. Agree on that. So cash on cash return is basically how much money 
uh, you're going to make in profit mm -hmm. annually from this property divided by how much you put in in terms of down payment, closing costs, and any repairs. And typically for a multifamily real estate deal, at the bare minimum, we want a 12% cash on cash return. If you use the rule of 72, 72 divided by 12 means that your money is doubling every six years right, based on a 12% cash on cash return. The S&P 500 over the past 20 years has only had a 4.77% return. Mm -hmm. So this One is- One second. Yeah. No, no. Look to the camera yes. and give our real estate agents this education that, you, that they need. Yeah. <laughs> you can stop saying that they don't know. Julian, it is up to you <laughs> to educate our people. And I'm give them this calculation <laughs> one more time. Yes, so your cash on cash return is going to be the annual profits from that property, right? After principal, interest, taxes, insurance, capex, repair, reserve, and vacancy rate. Those last three are ones that people oftentimes forget, Absolutely. which are key. This is money that you set aside every single month from rents. About 20% of rents are set aside for these future expenses for your roof, for your plumbing, for your foundation, for repairs, and for vacancy. One out of every 24 months, you anticipate that that unit will be vacant. As you turn it over, somebody moves, their family expands, etc. So on a $4,000 a month rent, I'm actually setting aside $800 in a separate account, right, to account for these things that are going to come up in the future. So when you look at a cash on cash return uh, equation, if they haven't accounted for CapEx repairs over vacancy rate, then it's not an accurate assessment of the profitability of that property. Then we take that annual cash flow and we divide that by all the money that we put into it, the cash that we put into it. So that is down payment, closing costs, and any repairs that you put into it. And that will yield you a cash on cash return. So let's say a property uh, has $10,000 in annual cash flow divided by, um, divided by 100,000 in, that's a 10% cash on cash return. This is really important to know, and you as an agent, it is, it's not your responsibility, it's actually the buyer's responsibility, right? But if you actually want to be able to serve investor clients at a higher level and be able to have an investor like me who buys 10 properties in a year, as opposed to just selling one property at a time, then it is important for you to be able to send them deals and not just listings, and for you to know the difference between both. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> big, big, You're big, welcome. big boss. But look, I want to add to that too. Yeah. I think if you're buying in this market, especially right now with these um, moratoriums that are happening, yeah. mm -hmm. if you're buying turnkey that has tenants, you have to prepare for evictions. Oh yeah, right. Very oh, important yeah. because tenants are not paying. Let's just call a spade a spade. You might luck up and get some good tenants if yeah. you inherit them if you're buying property, but nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten. It's probably going to be some issues. Yeah. So you got a budget for your eviction process right now. Too, yeah. Right? Your eviction attorneys, depending on the state, it's probably going to run you one to two thousand dollars just to get an eviction pro um, process started. Right. With hiring the right attorney, so mm -hmm. you got to have that calculated into your numbers too. Yeah. Because it's, you're going to take a loss. Yeah. You know, on certain properties that they're not paying, so you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. So to secure your portfolio in this particular market, people like Julian, um, well, do your tenants pay? Well. All my tenants paid in the midst of COVID. And the reason why is because over half my portfolio was Section 8, right? So that's how I secure my portfolio and my Section 8 tenants cover about 90% of all my mortgage payments. So if none of my market rate tenants decided to pay whatsoever, all my mortgages would still be covered, right? Yeah. But the second asset when you're investing in multifamily real estate is not just the physical asset of the building, it's actually the tenants that you choose. And of course, in this situation you're talking about, you didn't get to choose them, you inherited them. And that, those are some of the most difficult situations. But when you're able to choose your tenants, you have to take them through a proper screening process. And that is for your second eight tenants too. You have to take them through a proper screening process because without the proper tenants in your building, then that property will not cash flow despite how amazing the actual building is itself. Break down your screening process. Right? Yeah. What are you looking for 
how you're screening your tenants. Yeah, so um, one of the major things that I've added to my screening process is actually going to the home of the tenant to meet them. Interesting. So you're doing all your property management yourself? No, I do not. But you're still going to meet the tenants yourself? Yeah, so I might go in as the assistant of my agent. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. You, you, you go in there and pretend like, hey, I just want to come meet you. Yeah, I'm just an assistant of my agent. And I'm going to observe how they're keeping the space. I'm observing how they're moving when they don't see me present and they don't know that I actually own the property that they're trying to apply to. I like that. Because I see that you live a mess. I see you got roaches and the other side doesn't. Why would I want you in my property? I see how you are speaking to somebody who you don't think is the owner. I see how you're relating to your children and things of that nature. My Section 8 tenants are amazing. They are good people who have fallen on hard times because there's negative stereotypes about Section 8. Absolutely. My Section 8 tenants are amazing people. they just fallen on hard times. Some of them were displaced by Katrina and have been struggling to get back on their feet ever since then. Some of them just had some uh, extenuating life circumstances where there's health. And if you can find tenants like that who uh, are good people but have fallen on hard times but still live, uh, have a level of standard and quality that they hold themselves to and their family, those will be the best tenants. And the only reason they will ever leave is if their family expands. Otherwise, they will stay with you for an extremely long time. Mm, so step one, if you can go to meet your tenants, yes. meet them at their home, yes. not, not your home. Definitely. Because you want to see how they're living. In their element without, without them knowing who you are. <laughs> without them knowing who you are. So that's one of the biggest things because people lie on paper. People, I've gotten false applications, all kinds of stuff. Anybody can say whatever they want on paper. Anybody can say whatever they want in an interview process. But when you're able to observe somebody from a distance and see how they move when they don't know that the decision maker is actually in the room, it's, it's the best way to distinguish how somebody's going to treat your property when they actually move in. Two more steps, your screening process. Two more steps. You, you gotta check credit and you gotta check on-time payment um, uh, prior. You gotta check credit and you gotta check on-time payment. So credit, of course, it doesn't say everything about you. Some people have had certain issues, but it does uh, dictate your ability to pay back debt on time. And then I need to show that you've actually paid your past landlord, uh, or yes, if I'm screening a new person, that you've paid your past landlord on time. I need to see when that money left your account. If it's leaving your account on the 7th and the 10th and things of that nature, that's not a good look. And there's Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done. Nothing that I'm going to do to be able to do to change your behavior that you've been engaged in prior to meeting me. And so I'm not going to fall into that false illusion. And so we're going to have to part ways and I'm going to have to go find another applicant. I'd rather take another additional month of vacancy than to find the wrong tenant. Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm glad you only said those three because from my property management days, you know, my hat switched. Yeah. And I remember people would literally make up pay stubs, make up company Everything. names, to the point where we would have to go to the government, like to the Secretary of State. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. To look up the company just to make sure it was a reputable company because they were coming in with straight printed pay stubs. Yeah. So it's like, were the, the straight printed pay stubs? I remember those days. I remember filing the position, possessions and going to court and all that stuff. And one thing I can say is, it's more important, yeah, you want to know if they have a job, but it's more important to see that they've been paying rent yeah. than for them to walk in the door with some pay stubs they've created on PDF. That's just that's just my advice. Because yep. I know somebody on Fiverr that can make your pay, your pay stubs yeah. $5. Yeah. And you can't, call the, you can't call the old landlord because the old landlord, if they're a bad tenant, old landlords are going to be like, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get them off my hands, yeah, right? So you can't call the old landlord yeah, to get verified data work. for that. That's not they're going to lie. <laughs> you know, it's especially like when you're buying a house, right? You buy in a house that has tenants, the seller's gonna lie. Yeah. They tenants, they're gonna tell you everything under the blue sun. First of all, they're amazing so tenants. So they're amazing. They're but amazing. No, let me see a PL. Yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Like, let me see the proof. The proof is in the pudding. And not your rent rolls on an Excel spreadsheet. Correct. I actually need to see it hitting your bank account. You can block out everything else on your bank account, but I need to see the dates that those rent deposits hit. I can't accept your word as something that you put into Excel spreadsheet and said that they paid on time. I need to see it hitting your bank account on bank letterhead. Again, block out everything else, but that's how I'm going to verify whether these tenants are actually paying on time. Now, that's a gem, you know, and but you know, a lot of sellers, they don't want to give that information up, especially if they got PMs. Um, the PMs will, most of them use some sort of app or software yeah. where they'll just, you know, spit it out. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of difficult, you know, because sometimes the PMs just like, yo, we're just going to move on. Yeah. Right? To someone else. Accept 100%. It, take it or leave it. Yeah. And then you as the buyer, you have to make the determination like, yo, you know what? Do I like the upside of this deal? Correct. And can I afford the mortgage? Can I afford whatever repairs if none of these people are paying? Correct. 100%. So um, I teach my students that if you have to take a L for one year on a property, right for 29 years of wins then it's worth it it's worth it you know it's funny i was having this conversation just this morning it's just like look do you like the numbers what's the market rents looking like mm -hmm. did you do all your calculations cash on cash everything like that does it still meet your needs yeah then why are we talking about backing up yeah right don't back out your contract yeah go forward with the deal take on the stress this is part of the business yeah right? everything's not going to be you know gold and glitter 
right? If you want to build a portfolio, this is part of the game. You right. have to deal with the headaches of being a landlord, and part of that is eviction. Yep. Part of that is not paying tenants. Part of that is tenants beating up your, your places, and you got to replace the whole damn house, basically. Yeah. Right? I had one of my places, we just had a gas leak yep. in the thing. Gotta, we ha- gotta make changes, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Tenants ain't paying, but I still gotta make sure that everybody's safe. 100%. Because they're my responsibility yeah. at, at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm glad that you are teaching your students like that and making sure that they're fully Shout out to the multifamily movement. I, I love y'all, but the multifamily movement. They're like their leader. They're like their leader. They are they are sometimes. I be in his comments. I'm like, you know what? This ain't the time for that. And, I, and then I be thinking to myself, don't come over here because I hurt your feelings. Don't do. Listen, you can you can you can miss me with that. <laughs> Different, it's different. It's we different. are different. And then when they come over here, I'm like, uh-uh, don't, don't yeah. even come to <laughs> Nah, but they well, they're, they're well, they're, they're knowledgeable. <laughs> they're knowledgeable. They know their stuff. They got their lender files. They're ready to go. They want to buy multifamily real oh, estate yeah, at scale, yeah. which is a great thing. And that's probably, you know, one of your missions, you know, like you said, it, back, it goes back to your mom, yeah. right? And the hurt that you went through. Yeah. And really when you think about it, I know sometimes people look at your message as kind of crazy or you harsh or you're blunt, but it stems from a great place. It's like yeah. you're trying to prevent that to happen for other Anybody's people. Anybody's family, yeah. yeah. So right now, multifamily movement, um, in two years we've helped 218 people close on multifamily oh. properties all across oh. the country. Together, oh. that's about $52 million worth of real estate. And oh. so that's, that's my that's my focus right now. Um, Harriet Tubman freed um, 300 people over the course of about a decade by making 19 trips below the Mason-Dixon line. And so uh, that is my first target right there. I call it the above ground railroad because real estate is above ground. Right. And so I'm leading people to freedom. And even when Harriet Tubman uh, was hiding people in the middle of the night, she would hide them in safe houses. So real estate has been part of our journey to freedom since day one, right? But the safest house that you can buy today is actually multifamily real estate, especially with the price of single family homes right now. But the biggest thing, as Kiana mentioned earlier, is making sure that people buy right. Anybody can go out there and try to buy a multifamily home. You can go do that today, but did you buy right? So there's three criteria for buying right. One, that you're stepping into built-in equity, right? And then two, that there's at least a 12% cash on cash return, and then there's definite appreciation potential. So I'm gonna give you an example. I bought a property in my hometown of Oakland, California. Bought it uh, November 2017 for $480,000. It immediately appraised at 505. So I'm already up 25, straight out the gates off the buy, right? 23 months later in February, uh, got it uh, uh, reappraised, it's at 710. So I'm up $230,000, with no major repairs in 27 months, right? So that is what it means to buy right. It's not just about going and buying anything. It's about making sure that you buy right. And, f- and the way I define buying right is those three criteria. And I really feel like people should start looking outside. And this is me because, you know, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. Just look outside of Atlanta. It's okay. Like, <laughs> it is okay to look outside of Atlanta. I tell people to go to your page all the time. If you're really focused and you want multifamily, yeah. it's okay to look outside. Because Atlanta's not going to meet all three of those. I'm going to tell you right no, now. Exactly. Our multifamily exactly. doesn't meet it. Everybody knows we don't have multifamily. Correct. We have different opportunities, but that's just not one of them. We have the appreciation, mm-hmm. but we're not going to find that. Yes, yes, so yes. they have to be comfortable investing. Like, he lives in New Orleans. He said he bought in Oakland. He lives in New Orleans. He said he bought in New York. Do you, do you, do you understand what that yeah. is? Purchase opportunity outside of your comfort zone yeah. if you want to build your portfolio. So there's four p- places that I tell people to buy. One, you buy where you currently live. That's always going to be the easiest. If you can find a deal there, that's going to be the easiest. The second place I tell people to buy is where they're from. 
Okay, so if you, I was from Oakland, so I bought in Oakland. I was living in Brooklyn, so I bought in Brooklyn. The third place I say is buy wherever you feel you can be a contribution. So I bought New Orleans because I wanted to preserve the culture there because I noticed that that city was going to get gentrified if there wasn't outside money coming into that community to make sure that the culture was preserved, right? And then fourth, go buy wherever you can make money. I haven't invested in that way yet, but those are the four ways that I tell people to buy. So it's not necessarily a city that I'm telling people to buy. It's yeah. based on though that criteria. I knew Oakland, so I, I've never set foot in that property. Mm. I've never set foot in that property in Oakland. I knew the That's numbers the and I knew the neighborhood. Yeah. And so that was enough for me based on my education and how I teach to make that decision, and, and it was a great decision based on that. So that's how, that's how it tells people to buy. And so for those who do have to invest in a distance, from a distance, they live in an expensive market, it is gonna be 25% down because it's non-owner occupied, right? But in Baton Rouge, I bought two homes for $20,000 each. Oh yeah. So you can do that. So a lot of people think like, oh, well, how am I gonna come up with 25% down? Well, you find a smaller, less expensive market that is outside of where you live. It may be in a different state, it may be 20 minutes away from where you currently live. Absolutely. And, and then 25% down makes sense and the numbers make sense. So um, you don't have to get stuck and combined. You do not have to um, own, where you, your money does not have to work in the same city that you do. I Thank you. I, I, I agree with that 100%. You I own mean. Amazon stock, right? Yeah. You've exactly. never been to Seattle. You own <laughs> Nike stock, you've never been to Oregon. That's a fact. So your money is working in a city that you don't live in. So that's, that's how I think same about principles. it. Same principles. Yeah. It's all math Absolutely at the end of the day. It's all math. As long yeah. as you're doing your numbers and you know how to do your numbers, most importantly, it doesn't matter where the deal is. Like people always ask me, what's the best place to buy real estate or to invest in real estate yeah. right now? I tell them, number one, where you can afford, first and foremost. Yeah. Right. You afford to buy, I don't care where you are. Can you afford it? And does the numbers make sense? Yeah. And that's the best place to invest. 100%. Right? So with your multifamily uh, movement, yeah. you know it's a big movement, <laughs> and I want to make sure, because there are going to be people that, there may be a part of the movement, but they're still like, I want to have a real estate agent, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of agents that tune into our show. Yeah. What is it that you would tell a real estate agent? Like, what is the best way to represent someone Good that's question. looking for a multifamily house? What can we Great do to question. better serve? our community and better serve people that are looking for this financial freedom through multifamily? Oh, great question. I really appreciate that. So uh, because of this exact problem, I found that real estate agents are the number one factor that are preventing my students from succeeding and not succeeding, mm -hmm. right? Because many of them are not educated and because cash on cash return and things of that nature are not on the real estate exam. So go and get educated. I really encourage my students actually to only work with real estate agents that can calculate cash on cash return or who have owned multifamily homes themselves or have closed on multifamily homes for other clients recently. Um, so for real estate agents, it's really important to make that distinction between what is a listing and what is a deal. And if you can do that, now you're bringing deals to your clients, not just listings that show up on the MLS, which they could already see, right? And then the other thing I encourage real estate agents to do, especially in this particular market, is build their own personal network so that they can actually bring off-market deals to the table. Yeah. Because we know that, we know that Mass marketed listings command a 30% premium to off-market deals. Now, what are off-market deals? Off-market deals are deals that never hit those ones. Julian, what websites do you go to to find deals? I don't go to websites. How do you get the deal at the Nike store? How do you get the deal at that store? You had a relationship. I, got, I get deals through human beings and through relationships and through networking. So the real estate agent, if you want to close on more properties, then you having off-market deals, what you call pocket deals, in your pocket are going to allow you to actually close on more deals and this is a relationship game. Oh, you know, real estate is a, a contact sport. You gotta be in contact with people and properties, and some agents are simply relying on the technologies and actually right. stepping away from the people, and COVID kinda accelerated that, but yeah. you gotta stay connected to people, because that's who 
brings the deals to the table. So in New Orleans, my real estate Rolodex is about 66 people deep. I have multiple agents, wholesalers, contractors, uh, lenders, uh, family, friends, right? Owners looking for deals from me. So it's not just one set of eyes that's looking for deals because my contractors, why would they bring me a deal? Yeah, 100%. because if they bring me a deal and I have to rehab it, who's going to get paid? So, Everybody eats. Everybody eats. And so um, it's really important to not just rely on your eyes to be looking for deals, but actually expand your network so that multiple sets of eyes are looking for deals for you. Because every deal I've gotten has come through a relationship. I love no, that's that. Dope. That's dope. That was a great question. Yeah, because yeah. I, I really want because I want yeah. us to serve more. I think that as real estate professionals, as people get more educated, once you get beyond that beautiful first home or. You, we know the way that you want them to do it. Yeah. Get your multi-family first, get your dream home second. Yeah. But once people get beyond that home of comfort, most of my clients, they are doing it a little backwards. They like to buy that home, and it's like, now I got a home, I'm comfortable with my family. Kiana, now I want to invest. Yeah. I want to get me about two or three more houses. I'm ready to do that. They've already gotten their first part out the way. Yeah. We still have to serve those people's we still have to service those people as well. 100%. And to do that, we just need to know a better way because I think we do sometimes get our hat on Selling single family and selling like first time buyers is completely different than selling to an investor. Correct. Different hats, different financing. Yes. It's different things involved. Yes, they do want the pretty house. They just want turnkey. We have to be able to educate people on what the cost is of repairs, how it could look, what they should expect yeah. throughout the process, and to kind of take off the HDTV lens. Yes. So I, I'm really glad that you said that so we can kind of let our people know. We can better service our all of our clients if we were just more educated. Yeah, so going to what Kiana said, here's why you buy a multifamily first instead of a single family. So I'm just going to give you some easy numbers. This is Your market may be different, but if you put 3.5% down on a $100,000 single family home, that's going to be $3,500. Then you say, I want to be a real estate investor, and you need to put... 25% down on a non-owner-occupied $300,000 triplex, that's going to be about $78,000 worth of down payment money. Whereas if you just would have switched the process, you would have put the 3.5% down on a $300,000 triplex first, that's $10,500. Then you put 25% down on your single family at $100,000, that's $25,000. And now that's about $35,000 in down payment. So it's literally twice as easy to get the same two properties if you get the multifamily first, rather than getting the single family first. And so the other key I think is really important for those who have bought single families is teaching them how to access the equity that is stuck in the walls nice. of their home to actually invest in a smaller, less expensive market. Also, for the agents that are out there, um, teaching them, uh, teaching your clients not to get into the caught up in the American dream and not to go on that first mortgage together. Oh, because yeah. now you Bond have two conquer. people. Like that all the time. Yeah, yeah you Bond talk about conquer. that all the time. Do joint tenancy, like you have to. Yeah. And if you do, if you file joint tenancy, which we already had a whole episode on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so maybe shout out to um, Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys got to understand that as a couple, like even me as a couple, me and my husband, we are both not on the mortgages of each of our houses. We never did that. I'm on one, he's on one, I'm on another. Like you split it up, so that way you you're you not can get over. More. You can get more. It's romantic. It's romantic to buy our first yeah, home together. Yeah, sounds but good. Now you get now you you're both attached to this four hundred thousand dollar mortgage when one of you could have got the mortgage by yourself, mm -hmm. and that would have freed the other person. So that's that's really key um, for agents educating their buyers because now if I educated my buyer on that, now instead of me selling one property to this couple, I'm now selling two properties to this couple over the next. 12 months. Absolutely. So that doubles your revenue Absolutely. as an agent. And this is what I try to tell loan officers. You got to learn the game. You can't just be an order taker. 
right? Most loan officers are just happy. Oh, you want to get pre-approved? You want to buy a house? Okay, great. Yeah. Here's what you qualify for. But you got to start asking people, what are their goals? So that way you can really properly educate them and teach them. Because if the realtor falls through the crack and not having that conversation, then now it's on you as the loan officer, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, to go that extra mile. Because now, like you said, instead of doing one deal, I can do two, okay. three, four, five, six. Facts. And it just keeps going on and on and yes. on. Yes. So look, I can't let you get out of here, right? <laughs> can I? Great, 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 great topic, just by the way, because I think loan officers and realtors, they really need to start thinking like investors. Yes. So that way mm -hmm. they can help, especially in our community, help our community go to the next level. But um, we can't go any further. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? We got to talk about InvestFest, Julia. You know, Ooh. InvestFest was great. By it was great. Oh, it was amazing. It, I, had, I had an amazing Shout out to EYL. Shout, shout out to shout EYL. Out, shout, out to, shout out to the biggest. Yeah, <laughs> shout the out biggest. to the biggest ever. Yeah. We, we put the ever on it. Ever. Oh, y'all got ever on it. Yeah, it's the biggest ever now, right? So Julian, <laughs> I introduced him. He says, yo, Matt, we're in the back. I'm going to give y'all a backstory. <laughs> he says, yo, can I do a poem? I said, on your intro? He says, yes, on my intro. <laughs> I said, okay. So we in the back, he's about to tell me the poem. I said, no, Julian, don't tell me the poem. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it live. I want my real reaction. He comes up, he does his poem, drops the mic. I said, oh, my God, this is going to be good. <laughs> so we start having a conversation, and Julian's going through his Julian thing. And then he says, I need everybody to stand up. And I said, okay. So I'm encouraging the people to stand up. Yes, you are. Yeah, we got to share this story. <laughs> he's encouraging the people to stand up. I'm sitting over there like, oh, yeah, this seems real cute. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be real nice. I don't yeah. know what he's going to say, but I feel like it's about to be impactful. Yes, and it was impactful. <laughs> the man told, I think, 2,000 out of the 4,000 stood up. Yes, yeah. proud, too. They proud. stood up proudly. Yeah. With me encouraging them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go ahead and say, repeat after me, I am homeless. And that's when I dropped the mic. <laughs> I, I said, what? I said, damn, son, they're homeless? Yeah. Why are they homeless, Julian? What the hell is going through your mind when you're telling people yeah. that they're renting, that they're homeless? Yeah. 2,000 people stood up. Let's remind them. 2,000 people stood up and, and repeated after you, Julian. I am homeless. And they said, I am homeless. Yeah. And we were just all sitting there like, wow. It's just, um, it's tough luck. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, it. I remember the we moment. Was like, wow. Um, it's just tough love, and I hope everybody there, because uh, people were going crazy in the comments. Um, I hope everybody there yeah. knows that it's coming from a place of love, and it's just. And tough that's why love. I want you to explain it. Yeah, because I, I know who you are. Yeah. But people look at it like, oh my God, you're so harsh. They in my DMs cursing me out. <laughs> like, oh, they in mine cursing like, me out too. I feel um, good about it because at least the heat came off me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. finally, somebody else got a little heat for telling no, the truth. It was just, it was just <laughs> tough love because I realized that that soft stuff doesn't work, and there's just no reason that we have to stay in the condition that we're in. Uh, 2,000 people paying $1,000 a month in rent times 12 months, that's $24 million mm -hmm. going out in housing to somebody else, and we can be on the other side of the equation with literally one play, which is you buying a multifamily home. Look. I don't mean that you're technically homeless. Somebody who's sleeping on the streets, who's dealt with childhood abuse, drug addiction, um, has no family, mental illness, n uh, no roof over their head, et cetera, obviously they're in a worse condition than you, okay? But the reality is, is how is it that with you, with a roof over your head, good head on your shoulders, a good job, this long resume, all this education, friends, family who care about you, some money in your bank account, how is it that this homeless person owns as many properties as you do? Mm. Mm. You've been working for how many years? How is that so? There's something off there. And so um, the subconscious mind will lie to you and it'll say, no, this is my apartment. 
this is my house. And the reality is, is it's not. It's Sally's house. It's Tommy's house. And you've been renting there for an extended period of time, and you could actually be in ownership. You could have been in ownership five, ten years ago if you understood how financing for multifamily real estate actually worked. You thought you couldn't afford it. You thought your credit was an issue. But there's ways around all of that. Every excuse you have in terms of why you don't own except for unemployment, I have a solution. Fine. There are solutions for everything except for unemployment, right? Great. So. It was just really to inspire people to say, look, I'm refusing to renew my lease. This, has, this can be the last Thanksgiving, the last Christmas, the last New Year's, the last birthday that you spend in that apartment if you lock in over the next 12 months and make this your sole goal. Because if you eliminate your housing expense, this one thing, I'm not asking you to pick the right cryptocurrency, I'm not asking you to pick the right magic stock. If you do this one thing, eliminate your housing expense for the rest of your life by buying a multifamily home, $1,000 a month saved and invested at 6% annually, which is very conservative, very. for the next 30 years, that's a million dollars right there. Mm. If you just did this one thing. Mm. And you can do this one thing literally within the next 90 days if you get educated. It may take longer to find the right deal in a more expensive market, but this can literally happen in one year if you just lock in. That's Thoughts. what I was gonna say. It could take longer, but it doesn't. As long as they look outside of their conference zone, there are just some cities like, you know, even with me, I talk to agents all over, all over the world. Right? Yeah. There's just some cities that's just not going to support multifamily. Correct. There are cities that really support it. Do you now? And we know with your multifamily, like your multifamily movement. Yeah. Could you just give us like the top five cities yeah. that people should look to to invest in multifamily that you know would be good for all to meet all three of your the points? Yeah. So um, right now, uh, just for quick for the Atlanta market, uh, my students are investing where the colleges are. So Albany, Macon, exactly. right? So they're going down there. That's to, the only place it is. I yeah. told I told Matt that mm -hmm. I sent him listings. Macon. Yeah. yeah. Macon, is, yeah. Macon is amazing for multifamily. Yeah. Mercer down think there. Atlanta. Yeah. Get Atlanta out of your mind. Does not have to. You want to be sexy Georgia. or successful. You want to be sexy or successful? Sexy exactly. or successful. So a lot of people want to own in these sexy places, but they cost too much. You want to be successful? I can show you places, but Correct. they might not be the sexiest places. So um, right now, uh, I have a lot of students closing in Newark. For those who are in New York City mm -hmm. and Brooklyn, I have a lot of students who are closing in Newark, right? Because there's always a wave, and that wave leaves from the epicenter and goes out somewhere. Correct. People are moving somewhere, so you need to get to that market before the people actually get there. Um, in Virginia, I have a lot of people closing in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm. Philadelphia, uh, Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is a good one. And then I have a lot of students who are closing in New Orleans and Baton Rouge because the numbers make sense. The biggest thing is what you can command for rent, either market rate rent or Section 8, right, in comparison to the housing prices there. And when those numbers align, then you can find a great market to invest in. So that's those are the markets where my I students are closing Thank on the most so properties. Yes. So that was that was good information, man. This has been a great episode. I, I appreciate, appreciate you it. explaining the homeless comment. <laughs> um, I, I understood what you were saying. Yeah. It's tough love. Yeah. But sometimes you need to give people tough love. Yeah. Hopefully they get that sticker shock. Yeah. And like, oh shit, wait a minute. Maybe yeah. I am homeless a little bit, right? And a lot of people did get it who yeah, they got current, it. current renting and they say, you know what? Let me get it. But obviously a lot of people they went to the left. They always looking for something to fight. Yeah. And at the end you know of the man? day, and I was I was just joking when I said that, but I'm like that too. I'm I'm more of a realist. Yeah. And you're you are too. And mm -hmm. it's like the facts are the facts. Yeah. But you also want people to know that you're coming from a place of I, I'm trying to encourage you, not discourage you. Yes. I'm trying to encourage you yes. to do better. And everybody has their own way. Yeah. Exactly. Right? It's exactly. like the drill army sergeant, right? Right. He gonna yell at you, spit in your face, but he's trying to make you better, but he's just doing it in a way that 
you know, you might not agree with, but it's ultimately to make you better. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how I look at sometimes when you put out stuff. It's yeah. like you're being like the, the drill army sergeant, right? 100%. It's either you got to, you're going to accept it or you're going to reject it. And if you reject it, God bless you. It's all good. It's I'm all trying good. to light a fire under your assets. <laughs> under ah, your assets. Right. And the reason why is this works for me is because I had coaches, mentors, teachers, um, parents, uh, friends who pushed me in that way. And, I'm, and though I didn't like it in the moment, it actually I know that it was good for me because I wouldn't be who I am had they not pushed me out of my comfort zone. And so some people just need that wake up call. And uh, I think the people who were ready to receive it received it. And those who didn't, um, they're still renting. They're still renting. Well, there we go. There, 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 <laughs> there you have it in my God voice. All right. So we got to wrap this episode yeah. up. First of all, thank you for stopping by Rants and Gems. Um, we got to leave you. We need a last question. We need you to answer this. Yeah. We need a rant and we need a gem for our audience. We need a rant and a gym. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what's it? How do you define a rant? Whatever you want to rant about. Oh, you know, you got some. Rants. You got rants. <laughs> I got rants. So, um, first and foremost, uh, the reason I do real estate um, is my identity. I'm a child of God first, right? And after that, then I'm a real estate investor. Then I'm a real estate educator. Then I'm a real estate uh, developer. And people wonder how those two things come together, and it is because. God's first gift to man before life was actually land. Mm. Mm. God's first gift to man before life was land. The environment was created for us. The land was here before we were actually created. Mm -hmm. So there must be something sacred about this land that we now get to inhabit and take uh, advantage of and, 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 and use for our own livelihood. So for me, that is really key. So this is actually spiritual work for me at the end of the day. Um, and then a gym, a gym uh, would be for my single family buyers, you gotta be very careful, okay? Because a mortgage officer or your disclosures, they're gonna give you principal interest taxes and insurance. But what they're not telling you is that you still need to save money for CapEx, repair, reserve, and vacancy rate. Facts. So you're looking at this small little mortgage payment like, oh, that's less than I'm paying for rent. But if you're not careful, when you add in private mortgage insurance and maintenance on top of that, you can actually be spending more money for the same square footage than somebody who's renting across the street. Mm. That had to be said. That was a big gem. Yeah. yeah. People Huge don't pay attention gym. to that. Yeah. So you, you have to be really uh, mindful. You have to know the full numbers of what you're getting into. And don't just look at that. And the other thing, especially in your world, is not taking the lowest interest rate as the best terms. Mm. Please speak on that for a couple seconds, please. Oh, my goodness. So um, <laughs> most people, they're going to look at this 30-year mortgage, and they're going to be comparing lenders, and they're going to say, oh, they're giving me a 3% interest rate, and this person's giving me a 3.5% interest rate. And they say, 3% is lower. Take that. But what they don't know is that this other, the 3% lender stacked in all kinds of other fees to get their money up front, Facts. right, to get their interest up front that actually makes that deal worse for you when you actually run the numbers for yourself. And so you have to run the numbers to know what's happening. There are predatory lenders out there. I rely on two lenders. I rely on Matt and I rely on Brandy. That is it, because I don't trust many of the other lenders out there to do what's in the best interest of the people that I serve. And so you have to know that when you are getting into a mortgage, you're not only buying a house for yourself, you're also buying a house for your lender. Absolutely. Because when you add in the interest on that, guess what? You're paying money. So a lot of you think you're not paying rent anymore. Oh, look at me. I just bought a house. I'm not paying rent anymore. You're not paying rent to a landlord. Mm -hmm. You're paying rent to the bank. And it's called interest. 
that is still rent. You are renting the bank's money. And so you want to be in a 30-year relationship with a lender who actually has your best interest in mind and wants to see you win, who wants to see you get to the end of that mortgage. Because when you get to the end of the mortgage, so do they. And so this is why I work with you. You've helped about half the members of the multifamily movement close on their properties. And nice. I'm so grateful to have this relationship with you, uh, with somebody who is, has the integrity and the ethics that you do and really wants to see our people win. And so that's what it really comes down to. Man. Yeah. There, there you have it, guys. Julian, tell them how to find you. Oh, yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Julian Gordon. Uh, Julian Gordon. That's J-U-L-L-I-E-N, uh, Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N. Um, you can also check me out at rentfree.com. Again, that's rentfree.com. We're trying to get free from this rent, y'all. <laughs> Do that one thing and change the financial trajectory of your life forever, all right? <laughs> Yo, I love it, man. First of all, thank you, Julian. I thank appreciate you. you coming down to um, headquarters here in Wakanda. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know, Shout out to ATM yes. Plug. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, giving your time and, and, and blessing our audience with your with your intellectual property. So we definitely appreciate that. Shout out to the whole multifamily movement. Yes, yes. Y'all know I love y'all. Y'all a little crazy sometimes, <laughs> but you know I love y'all. <laughs> no, but love. You both. Let's get to 300. Yes. Let's free the slaves. Um, let's get the <laughs> <laughs> Off the corporate plantation. <laughs> Off the corporate plantations. Let's build financial freedom. And this was a great episode. Oh, it's, you know? a, it's a wonderful episode. All right, so we out of here, man. This is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. And I'm Kiana Watson, broker extraordinaire, license number 317576. Julian Gordon, multifamily movement. All right. <laughs> peace out, y'all. Peace. <laughs> like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. All right, peace. Hey, yo. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens with the mother life. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens where the mother life. Uh, be my rants and gems. I'm so NY like MG rocking his Tim's. Hokiana uh, representing Atlanta. We talking everything that's real estate. Y'all peeping the gram. I'm saying knowledge is power. You peep the weapon. Steady building better. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.